0: Of green. Red is this is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host today on Global Radio Talk a broadcast service of Global HR News and Global Business News net. Coming to you today from here in San Diego, but also in the Washington, D.C. area, our special guest today is Mr. Hampton Dowling who's managing partner with the HCB Group and a guy who's very involved in the D.C. market. Hello, Hampton Dowling.
1: Hey, Ed, it is really good to join you again. You know, I often wish I was back in Southern California from time to time, but um, now things are alive and well. There's a lot going on here in, in the nation's capital.
0: So you say on your LinkedIn that I'm going to read this a little bit. I'd like you to make a comment. Well,
1: don't put me to sleep by reading my own LinkedIn to me now, Ed.
0: Well, this is uh, for the other people out there. I know. It's okay. Go ahead. People like winners, solid results, and innovation. And so do you see that happening in the Washington business environment? Nothing about politics. In the Washington business environment today, right now?
1: Oh, my goodness, yes. The past two years or so, I've never seen business be on a higher set of governors. It's all high performance, it's high octane. You know, today, if, if you spend the weekend in downtown Washington, you'll find that business is going on Monday through Sunday. We haven't had that happen before. There's so much going on. the capacity it, you just look at the, the hotel occupancy in Washington. It's near 100 uh, percent every day of the week. For the first time, uh, uh, tourists are having to fight for hotel rooms because uh, there's just so much going on with uh, foreign direct investment business going on with companies. The, the fastest three growing counties in the country are all in Northern Virginia. For the first time, all of the Fortune 250 companies have actual offices and substantive representation uh, in the area. Uh, there's, just, uh, there's just so much going on.
0: Well, okay. So let's talk about trade negotiations. And uh, well, they're obviously impacting everything in talent, mobility, immigration, taxes, and more. So you mentioned Washington area is a busy place, but it's not all about foreign companies. Uh, It's U.S. companies too, right?
1: Well, it is all about fostering the U.S. for um, increased visibility and profit and uh, and and being successful in the global marketplace. All these trade agreements uh, that are in play uh, are very important. I would say conservatively that right now, today, 65% of the global economy is being negotiated in our nation's capital. Just the very specific trade agreements that are, uh, uh, that are in play. Different, different phases of negotiation, but you know, our foreign trade representative offices today, it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In fact, the most important relationship in the world, that between the two leading world economies, the U.S. and China was just announced here a couple of hours ago downtown that this week's trade negotiation discussions are focused on exactly what will be agreed upon and when that trade agreement will be executed sometime early next year. So uh, things are coming into view and uh, these trade agreements are being aggressively pursued uh, simply because the world economy depends on these new rules, regulations, protocols, and a whole new culture with respect to global business.
0: Okay, so without talking about politics, but of course, geopolitics is entering into everything. What is the impact, do you think, just your personal opinion? Sure. Uh, you know, today is October 7. It's right. uh, just before noon here in the coast. So just for perspective, the Chinese coming into town is, in a sense, to try to work out the end of this trade
1: war, right? Well, it's it's an ongoing negotiation. I mean, it started... Negotiations always start before they actually begin. So, you know, when uh, then um, candidate Trump signaled that during his administration, the focus would be on trade issues. Well, you look at all the different countries around the world that are principal players and trade partners with the US, whether it's China, the EU, Japan, the UK, Mexico, and Canada. This got on their radar screen. They started to prepare for having to renegotiate or negotiate new or different trade relationships with the world's number one economy, the United States. So, this these discussions have been taking place ever since the current administration took office. And all these discussions are linked. You know, what happens with the U.S. and China has a lot to do with what the U.S. does with Japan, which has a lot to do with even the U.S., Canada, Mexico trade agreement. So, All these discussions move forward and they all leverage each other in some way, shape or form. So it is it is busy, they're very compelling and when the, you know, we've been going back between the US and and China for these negotiations. The most senior members of government on each side have been involved with these trade agreements. I mean, if you kind of just, you know, step back for Ed, understand. The U.S. and China, by itself, our relationship represents 45% of the world economy. You know, we're the number one economies, number one, number two economies, the leading military armed force structures. We have, China has the number one population. We have the number three population in the world. We're the centers of innovation. We have global reach and influence. So what this agreement does will have a direct impact on all other agreements. It will reshape the World Trade Organization, and it will define the rules by which global business will be conducted worldwide. And once that agreement is executed, then over a period of one, two, three, four, five years, you'll see a number of changes take place that eventually get down to meetings that we all have in our individual companies around the table and focusing on business strategies. That's The world's sort of been waiting for these changes for about forty to forty five years and it's now coming to pass.
0: So it's just not President Trump. He's just there at the right time, right place, and making it happen.
1: In in twenty sixteen, you'll you'll remember, you know, I frequently made a statement that, you know, across the global economy, we couldn't have been in worse shape. We had more banks close around the world than at any other time in history. We had the lowest volume of world trade in world history. We had fifteen percent of all the ships around the world were laid up and we had ships going around the world with empty containers just to provide ballast. I mean, we had more armed conflict going on in the world since recorded history. I mean, there were just a lot of real negatives that were going on and the trade agreements that were um, being considered back then were enormous. You know, TPP with over a dozen members and I remember seeing a draft of that trade agreement and at the time it was 6,800 pages long. You know, there's a lot of bureaucracies that were being created. It was uh, it was going down a different path. So, yeah, I mean, when this president took over, he's very business-focused. So he pivoted and went away from very large, multi-party trade agreements and focused on those that were bilateral or trilateral. And there are, there are pluses and minuses to that. But in play today, as we speak in Washington, we have 65, almost 70% of the global economy being negotiated right now. U.S.-China, U.S. EU, U.S.-Japan, U.S.MCA. We just finished the U.S.-South Korea trade agreement. So there are, you know, people, countries are paying attention to what's going on. We have more foreign direct investment coming into the United States right now than any time in U.S. history. I mean, in fact, we had an exponential growth in manufacturing last year, 2018. Well, 55% of that manufacturing growth was based upon foreign direct investment, building new infrastructure, and investing in the U.S. So, yeah, you know, nobody was making any money in 2015 and 2016. Companies around the world, their, their share values were either stagnant or becoming less. You know, trade businesses were not growing. There was almost almost $1 trillion of energy-related infrastructure projects idled in 2016 around the world. no business, no capital, no growth. So companies uh, wanted to change. So yeah, I think you had a president come in that's uh, business focused. You have a global economy that was in real need of growth and reform. So there were the alignment of planets, so to speak. So you're seeing the fruits of that coming to pass right now. It's imperfect. Nothing's going to be everything everybody wants, which happens in negotiation. But I would suspect by the end of the next calendar year, global business will be on a much different trajectory than it was three years ago.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for all that. So how would you, as an entrepreneur and a seasoned business guy, how would you engage?
1: Well, I think you have to pay attention to what's going on. I think if you're in a C-suite today and you're in a principal position, especially a company that has Mm -hmm. uh, global aspirations, Mm -hmm. you have sales that are international. You import and export, you really have to pay attention to geopolitical space. These agreements are going to accelerate digital transformation. It's going to accelerate technical disruption. You're going to see acceleration in automation. You're going to see tailored immigration protocols and regulations. You'll see education taking a shift to requiring higher levels of education and in specific disciplines. You're going to see an enormous increase in mobility and portability of labor specifically specific qualified labor, which requires a precision of business strategies. And as a corporate officer, I need to sit back and look at my company, look at its business strategy, and is it focused on a world that's going to be significantly different in four or five years? Because companies need to make investments, whether it's fiscal investments, labor investments, infrastructure, who the companies partner with, uh, the organization of the structure of the company. Is it, is it structured to perform in the direction that the economy is, is headed? So there are going to be implications to recruiting and talent retention, uh, the whole scope of human resource management. Legal advice and representation is going to become a factor. Management's going to have to pay attention to that. And management of uh, financials and supply chains. So there are implications on a broader level you know, talking about digital transformation and technical disruption and so forth. And then with functional services, which is business strategies and how the C-suites are aligning their business to perform going forward.
0: So this obviously relates to the current changing or adapting, changing, I guess is the right word, the way kids are educated in elementary school. Absolutely. Of so course, the course load, and then all this talk about immigration reform, this current approach that's in the news is not focused on specific labor mobility portability as you say but it's focused on the lower end apparently and so what you just referred to from my view as a global business editor is that the talent mobility in specific areas of talent is going to dramatically increase and there's going to be a whole set of rules and regulations to enable that. In sync with that, I just read something, I think it was yesterday, that some education leader somewhere out in the country in school system was saying that we're gonna have to stop teaching algebra. We need to start teaching elementary school kids how to code and how to build a website and how to understand, you know, how to learn from video and what to do with the without learning, and stop teaching stuff that people don't need.
1: Well, I, you, know, you, you know, you covered quite a bit there. I think there's bits and pieces of that that I would readily endorse. The focus on immigration today in the United States has a lot to do with law enforcement decreasing the stress on public services. It's just trying to enforce existing laws to have a sovereign borders. No country on the, on, in the world, and I get around quite a bit. There's no country that put ups with what we do here in the United States. You'd be amazed. So there is a lot of politics involved with how we're managing our border today and, and for a variety of reasons. But putting all that aside, this administration has negotiated with these trade agreements is all about defining who immigrates to the United States for one length, length of time, for what specific purposes and to what benefit is to the United States. You might think there's, that's rather intuitive and it's very much the way most countries view immigration. We just haven't really paid it a lot of attention to that. And, and we're having to do that today. And as it affects education, no, I, I, I would disagree about drifting away from algebra. If anything, most countries of the industrial world are really doubling down on the fundamentals so that they can understand the technologies that they will be introduced to later on in their curriculum the technologies that they'll have to use in their curriculum if you don't really understand the basics then you really can't fully appreciate how things work how it ticks how the world turns so i would say looking at our education system you know not only do we have to take a look at what are the the degrees that are awarded and what's the content that's associated with awarding those degrees but look at the academic year are we managing that academic year correctly? Are we spending enough time in class? It's all about time management. You know, kids today have enormous pressures. You know, they have to do sports and extracurricular activities, and they have to do so many things in order to be well-rounded and qualified to go to our our leading academic institutions. Well, I mean, there's only so many hours the day our youth can focus on doing so many things. And education and learning science, technology, English, Liberal arts, the need of the basics is, ne- is never going to be it's going to be great. And if anything, there's going to be added requirements where they become more engaged in understanding of what is going on in technology. We may find that kids are going to have to spend greater time in class and maybe spend more years in school. That's what's happening around the world. It's not about taking things out of the curriculum and decreasing the amount of time kids can spend in school, but other nations are actually expanding it because kids have to know things. You know, I'm really amazed. My alma mater at UCLA is opening up and spending enormous resources on Institute of Kindness. That's just my opinion. I Probably the last thing someone needs in order to be competitive in the global business environment is to go through an Institute of Kindness, and they need to be focused on what are the fundamentals of doing business and understanding those fundamentals, being able to communicate and articulate thought and recommendations clearly in order to contribute to business. I think we're going to find uh, as a result of consumer demand and business demand around the world, our education system is going to have to go through some changes, perhaps dramatically in some areas and perhaps fine-tuning in others.
0: Now, we're talking with Hampton Dowling, managing partner of the HCB Group in Washington, D.C. area, has deep experience in international business and connected with defense and homeland security-related services, international mm-hmm. business management, and market development. I'm really happy to have you as our guest again.
1: Thanks, Ed. It was I'm great.
0: I'm looking forward to having you speak about this and perhaps something else that's going to develop between now and November 7 in Washington, D.C. That's
1: great, Ed. It was great. Thanks for inviting me on. I enjoyed it very much. Thanks.
0: And people can reach you on LinkedIn, Hampton Dowling, that's D-O-W-L-I-N-G. So, thanks very much for being our guest on globalradioblockshow.com. Take care. Yes, to myself, what a wonderful.